Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with the scripture reading and a message. We would love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. If you are here in Berkeley, Epworth's worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at 1953 Hopkins on the corner of Napa and Hopkins. Or if you connect with our podcast from further away, we would invite you to visit our website, epworthberkeley.org. We'd invite you to keep seeking to grow in faith and to stop by the next time. I'm going to be reading the scripture. Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, so she came at him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. at Epworth. So we've been welcoming Pastor Brian, which has been fantastic as I've gotten to hear one of his sermons to be fed by his amazing and beautiful messages. And we heard from Dr. Randall Miller on Pride Sunday. So I've had a little bit of a break from this pulpit. So it's very good to be back. And some of you have been traveling. So I want to say welcome back to all of you and especially to our uh, youth and our leaders who just got back last night, Jeff Bruno and, and Lacey Hunter uh, led our Sierra Service Project team down to the border um, south of San Diego. And, and I know there's some in the congregation who are about to head out on a summer adventure. So traveling mercies go with you. 
I had a great summer adventure of my own this week. I was in Denver for a board meeting of the United Methodist Development Fund. And UMDF, as it's known, supports congregations in their, their big visions and their big dreams by um, creating investments that then turn into loans that help to refinance um, churches, mortgages, to allow allows renovations and new church starts to spring um, from where there once was nothing. And one of these congregations that UMDF has supported is right right here in our neighborhood, St. Luke's in Richmond, where actually when, when Pastor Brian was associate um, five years ago here, six years ago, he was also half-time over at St. Luke's in Richmond. But now that congregation is predominantly Tongan and they wanted to renovate their building. And so UMDF uh, supported that. And there's some really amazing videos of the work of UMDF on the, their website. So I encourage you to take a look at that. And I wanna thank this congregation for the way that you support me in serving on that board so that we are all in this together. But as excited as I am about UMDF's work, the board meeting in Denver was not the best part of that adventure, <laughs> believe it or not. So I flew, to, I flew to Denver a day early to meet my parents who drove over from Kansas City so that we could watch the San Francisco Giants play the Colorado Rockies <laughs> at Coors Field. And you, you, might, you might say, well, you know, that's not exactly a short drive, is it? I mean, Colorado and Kansas are contiguous states, but they're big states. And you're right, so it's about a nine to 10 hour drive. But I thought it was worth asking my parents if they wanted to meet me, because my stepmom is what is often referred to in church shorthand as a Martha. She, she, and, and you, you heard Susan share that, you know, the traditional understanding of this, and you heard the scripture that Jordan read for us this morning. A Martha is someone who is a doer. A Martha gets up in the morning and has two loads of laundry done and dinner in the crock pot and organize a volunteer project by 10 a.m. And the amount of work that my stepmom can get done has always amazed me. I, I often ask her to give me her tips. Um, and, she, and she has many organizational tips that have helped me in my life. So when I asked my parents if they wanted to make this drive and meet me for really just one day, she said, sure. <laughs> and so, um, so we, we got together and the Giants won and it was a great day. Um, in, the, in the story of Mary and Martha, as it is commonly read, um, you heard Jordan share it and Susan shared it as well. Jesus comes into a village with his disciples and is welcomed by Martha into her home. Mary sits at his feet and learns from him while, while Martha is taking care of business in the home and presumably in the kitchen, preparing food for the guests and doing other tasks. She's frustrated that Jesus doesn't see that Mary isn't helping her. And she asks him to tell Mary to help. But Jesus scolds Martha and says, Martha is distracted with her tasks while Mary has chosen the better part. Well, I remember when I was younger and my stepmom said to me, I don't like that story. 
she said, those people are going to be hungry. And somebody's got to get in there and feed them. That work is not going to get itself done. And then she said, I'm a Martha. And I don't like Jesus scolding Martha for doing what needs to be done. And that was it. <laughs> right, right. And that was good for me to hear because I had always kind of thought of myself as a Mary. I like to study the Bible and I like to think about sort of, you know, the big picture of theology. And um, I'd rather, rather do that than cook dinner, quite honestly. And so I'd felt kind of pardoned or justified by this story. But my stepmom's honest comment made me realize this story is really just problematic for all of us because it, it pits these two women, these two sisters, against each other into these very stereotypical and prescribed and reified roles. And really, it doesn't sound like Jesus, does it? It really doesn't sound like Jesus. It, it seems like Jesus talked more about serving others than anything else. So what's happening here? And, and later in, Jesus, in, in Luke, Jesus' disciples are arguing. You remember this, this passage? And they're trying, to, they're trying to say who's the better and who's the, who, you know, I'm greater than you and I'm greater than you. And Jesus replies to them, you should become like the youngest and the leader like one who serves. Who is greater, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? Isn't it the one who sits at the table, but I'm among you as one who serves. So he, he, in this later scripture, he's completely overturning what we have commonly interpreted the Mary and Martha story to mean. So why would Jesus tell Martha that her serving wasn't as good as Mary's learning? Well, it turns out there's some new scholarship, some new research that's been done on this passage by biblical scholar Mary Stromer Hansen. And she's published a book that, get this, get this title, The New Perspective on Mary and Martha. Do not preach Mary and Martha again until you read this. <laughs> so let's, let's look at it again. And if you want to open your pew Bibles, it's on page 72. It's just four verses. It's not very long. So um, the passage opens, now as they went their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Well, guess what? The original Greek version of this passage did not include the words into her home. Can you believe that? So the, 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 trans, the King James translation inserted the words into her home and all translations, the dominant translations after that have kept those words into her home. But in the original Greek version of the text, it's not there. What? <laughs> so the, the scene that is usually depicted as Jesus coming into this suggested home with his disciples, but the passage really only says he entered a certain village. It doesn't even say he came with the disciples. It was just Jesus. It says they went their way. So you can imagine they went their way. And he entered a certain village and was welcomed by Martha. 
So now we have a very different picture where we had imagined a group of men walking into the home of two women, kind of unannounced and uninvited. What if the picture shifted to Martha meeting Jesus on the street in her village and welcoming him there? Then Hansen goes on to translate the next verse as she had a sister called Mary, who also was one who sat at the Lord's feet, always listening to his words. Now, in many of the original Greek manuscripts, the word also is there, which is referring to Martha. And Martha was also one who sat at the Lord's feet. And Hansen argues that the phrase sitting at his feet is figurative, not literal. And it simply meant one who was a disciple of Jesus. So both Mary and Martha were disciples of Jesus. Then Hansen translates the next phrase as, but Martha was constantly torn apart concerning much ministry. She suddenly approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister regularly leaves me to minister alone? Tell her, therefore, that she may give me a hand. Instead of what is usually translated as tasks and work or serving food, the word diakonia really more commonly is translated as ministry. So what Martha is really saying is, in my own ministry here in the village, Mary isn't helping me. And interestingly, Hansen argues that Mary isn't even there. Mary isn't even there. And in fact, when you look at the passage, Mary doesn't have a speaking role. And so Hansen suggests that Mary is off on an itinerant ministry, like, like many of the disciples did. And, and when it, the passage opens with, and they went their way, there's some support to that idea. Um, that Mary's off on an itinerant ministry, traveling around, sharing the good news, and Martha is really saying to Jesus, when you next see Mary out there on the road, please ask her to come home because I could use some help with the ministry here in the village. And finally, where the text usually has Jesus responding to um, that Mary has chosen the better part, Hansen says that the text actually has no superlative and that, the, that really this is translated better as just to say, Mary has chosen a good thing. Mary has chosen a good thing. Not the better part, a good thing. And now we get a very different picture of this scene, don't we? And maybe it's not even taking place in a house. But the, but, the, but the presumption was that if there's women involved, they're in the home and one of them's, a, at least one of them's in the kitchen. <laughs> But we have a different picture now. And, and Martha has been ministering to the people of her village as a disciple of Jesus. And when he enters this village, she welcomes him. And as one among many of the disciples of Jesus, um, she lets him know that she could use some help from her sister who could be out on the road with the other disciples sharing the good news. Maybe Martha is feeling overwhelmed, but Jesus reassures Martha that she need only focus on one task at a time 
and that what she is doing needs to be, she needs to be doing, while what Mary is doing, she needs to be doing. Now, given this new way of looking at the passage, I have realized I am as much like a Martha as I am like a Mary. When I get overwhelmed uh, with trying to do too many things, as I often do, it is very easy for me to look around and uh, look at the people around me, especially those closest to me, and think, they should be helping me. They should be helping me. And, um, and then I, I realize that this passage isn't so much about a woman dynamic as it is a human dynamic. All people take on too much, or most people take on too much. And when we get overwhelmed with all that we feel we're responsible for, that we need to do, it is common to then look around and say, people should be helping me. Hansen's translation refutes this interpretation that we've had for maybe centuries of women being pitted against each other and working inside, and, and in this sort of idea of working inside the home versus working outside of the home. This stereotype that is really harmful to not just women, but to all people. And, and just basically says, we each have unique and important ministry and service to do, pleasing and needed by Jesus in spreading the good news. And when we focus on someone else's work instead of our own work, we lose the joy of our own work. And when we take, as my friends in, in the 12-step program say, when we take someone else's inventory, we will likely project our own opinions into what they are doing, obscuring their purpose and their brilliance and their faithfulness. Well, after that ball game back in Denver, when my parents and I got back to our hotel, we had one of those conversations that adult children need to have with their parents. This is the conversation about what quality of life means for them and their wishes uh, as they become less and less able to care for themselves. Now, what you need to know um, is that my father has multiple sclerosis, and since he was diagnosed with MS 35 years ago, his mobility and his motor function have been declining. And in 2010, he lost the ability to, to walk completely. And yet his quality of life has been very high. He travels and he gets out to see his friends and his family. He goes to movies, he goes to Kansas City Royals games. And after retiring uh, as a pastor at the age of 62, when he was diagnosed with MS at the age of 40, he still went to annual conference meetings. After he retired, he taught Sunday school uh, at his own church. And, and really, all, a lot of this, and really in the last 10 years, all of this has been possible because my stepmom has made it part of her ministry and purpose to be in partnership with him with incredible strength and care. We know that the day is coming when she may not have the strength to do what she has been doing to take care of my dad. And I have to admit, there is a part of me that has thought, 
all that she does, though it has done, been done with love, and though I've been in incredibly grateful for her and every, everything that she does, there's a part of me that has, has felt like what she has been doing is a burden. But in this conversation, I realized that I had been wrong. She set me straight. And she told me that instead of this being a burden, this work, this has been part of her ministry, her joy and her purpose for the last several decades. And they told me that for them, the highest quality of life is to be together and they will do what, it needs, to, what needs to be done as long as they can do this. So the good news for us this morning and the story of Mary and Martha is, as my kids would say, you be you. Even when we can't embrace our own ministries ourselves, or even when we can't completely understand the call that others have in the world, Jesus sees us in all of our giftedness and says, not only you be you, but you must be you. The world needs you to respond to your unique calling, whatever that may be. And yes, there are times in life when we have multiple callings that, that pull on our attention and, and want our, our priority all at the same time. But Jesus says, honor each calling, focus on the joy of each ministry that is in front of you, in front of us. And in this, we will find blessing and a very good thing. Amen. Oh, the stone that the builders rejected became the cornerstone of a whole new world. The stone that the builders rejected became the cornerstone of a whole new world. The stone that the builders rejected to the ground and suffer through the winter's cold to only rise and rise up again and bear the seed a thousand fold became the cornerstone of a whole new world the stone that the builders rejected became the cornerstone of a whole new Bye.